0: You are listening to Stories from the Heart, inspiring tales of life, love, and learning, presented by the Camarillo Healthcare District. In this episode, Michelle Rogers of Ventura, California, shares a story about the gift of life and how she became an unwitting kidney donor. I never thought
1: I'd donate one of my organs, at least while living. I had filled out donor information one year when I renewed my driver's license to say, You can take my organs if I die. But at the time, I didn't know a lot about why someone would need an organ or which organs you could live without. Then eight years ago, when I was in my mid-40s, I was living and working in Michigan. I remember it was a beautiful fall day, the leaves were changing colors, and there was a slight cool breeze as my boyfriend walked into my workplace talking on his phone. Now that's not unusual because he's always on that thing. He's in sales. But then I heard him say, your kidneys are failing. You need a kidney transplant. How long has this been going on? Jim was talking to his sister Nancy. I motioned him to come closer. During that conversation, I heard Nancy, who was also in her 40s at the time, had chronic kidney disease and her kidney function had declined rapidly in the last year. Even though it was a condition diagnosed in her 20s and it was being monitored, it was a shock to her too. She was told she either needed to find someone willing to donate a kidney or go on dialysis soon and join a very long wait list for many years in hopes of receiving a cadaver kidney and she could die while waiting for one. When I heard this, my heart broke for Nancy, a mother who works with special needs children at a school in her neighborhood. That's scary news and it's especially scary and heartbreaking when you consider the family's history with disease and loss. Their brother died of a brain tumor when he was a teenager. They lost one of their sisters to breast cancer when she was in her early 30s. Their father died of complications relating to diabetes. They lost their stepfather to Alzheimer's disease. And at the time, their mother, who's now deceased, had multiple sclerosis and had been in a wheelchair for years. So I said to Jim, tell Nancy we'll do anything she needs. Those words would come to mean more than maybe I had ever intended at the time. Kind of like when you volunteer to help someone on the weekend and then when the day comes, you don't feel like it. Who's been in that situation? So the quandary is, do you help anyway or do you blow it off? For me, the question was, do I stick to what I said when I said, tell Nancy we'll do anything she needs or do I let those words fade in the distance? Well, I'm not a blow it off type of person. If you're familiar with the Myers-Briggs personality test, you may have heard of an ISTJ. Basically, we are fiercely loyal, responsible, and dependable. Just a couple weeks after the phone call between Jim and Nancy, Nancy told us the hospital where she lives was hosting a seminar for people in need of kidneys and their family members. She asked if we would come. I thought we would be learning all about Nancy's kidney disease and what we could do to support her, but the talk was something different. It featured four kidney donors and their recipients talking about the gift of life and how it changed them. A doctor was also there to speak about kidney donation, sharing a lot of data and case studies. I learned that an individual screened by health officials and with no health issues can live a full and healthy life with just one kidney. The information and the stories shared by those who went through the process spoke to me and made sense. An application was handed out for anyone interested in kidney donation, and that's when my wheels started turning. I thought, Yes! Jim, Nancy's brother, would be interested. But how would I convince someone who has anxiety over health issues to do it? This is someone who lost a brother to brain tumor and a sister to breast cancer and fears the day a health issue or something else, like a surgery gone wrong, will take his life too soon as well. As an example, I had to fly to Florida and Jim had to feed our bunnies, a task that I usually do. Well, one nipped him on the finger. So what did he do? Well, he went to urgent care, fearing a deadly rabbit disease may have entered his bloodstream. And they sent him home with a Band-Aid kit. So I gently suggested we go through the testing process to donate a kidney together. Let's see if either one of us is a match. It wouldn't be so scary if we did it together, right? A little hand-holding, if you will. As you can imagine, I was thinking Jim would be the match. He's her brother. I'm not a blood relative. I thought he's going to just have to suck it up and do it. Plus, Nancy has three sisters, a couple cousins, nieces, and nephews. Surely some family member would be a match, if not Jim. I was called back to the hospital pretty regularly for further testing. It was kind of like a big job interview for me. You know, the kind where you are flattered to be considered and invited for an interview, but you think you have no chance, or maybe you're just pursuing it to hone your interview skills. When I didn't realize at the time was how much blood type figures into whether someone is a match. Nancy's sister had a different blood type, as did her cousin, who agreed to be tested. They were immediately eliminated as potential donors, and no other family members had stepped forward. It was just me and Jim. And then Jim told me that the doctor said he couldn't be a donor. You see, Jim had a heart condition as a kid, and the surgery would be too risky. No wonder this guy is so freaked out about his health. So I was the last one standing and I had type O blood, which is universal type and very good news. Well, good news for someone who wants to donate a kidney. But did I want to? I kind of went through the testing to model the way for Jim, to support him through the process, hold his hand. I never thought it would come down to me. And then the phone call came. The nurse told me based on all the testing, I was eligible to donate my kidney to Nancy. Now it was do or die time a decision to make a life was on the line and i had an opportunity to help what would i do i got a text from nancy's husband saying don't feel pressured to do this we love you either way whatever you decide his words really struck me they love me i'm part of the family i've always felt that way and nancy was part of the reason why she was the one hosting all the family's holiday events and barbecues and making sure i felt at home and part of the family We shared a similar sense of humor, laughing at the absurdities of life, no matter how ridiculous, embarrassing, or traumatic, she was the one I confided in. Then I thought even more deeply about it. I've seen a lot of death in my personal life as well. My dad died of a heart attack in 1999. My sister committed suicide in 2002. My husband died of cancer in 2004. And a former long-term boyfriend died of the flu just at the time I was making this decision in 2014. I'd experienced all these tragedies and had no control over any of it. I was just a bystander. Now I had an opportunity to intervene and save someone's life. So the decision was made. Of course I would donate one of my kidneys. Of course I'll try to help save a life. I love Nancy and I love her family. Of course I'm going to do whatever Nancy needs. I can be depended on. I've got this. And while there was no guarantee your body would accept my kidney, the least I could do was try to help. When the time came, I really didn't think about the operation or what could go wrong. I thought about helping Nancy get better. And of course, I thought about six weeks of paid time off for me to binge watch my favorite TV shows and have Jim wait on me hand and foot. It's been eight years since the kidney transplant and everything is good. Nancy's body accepted my kidney with no complications. And actually, I shouldn't say my kidney. It's not my kidney anymore. It's her kidney. She jokes that she won't be giving it back. And I don't want it back. I don't even miss it. The only reminder I have is a scar. Nancy and I started a blog about our experience. We shared our story on TV news and radio during National Kidney Disease Awareness Month. A comment from one radio host in Detroit was, well, if you and Jim break up, you'll still be part of the family. True. Nancy and I aren't technically related or even sisters-in-law, but she now refers to me as her sole sister, and I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Thank you for listening to Stories from the Heart, inspiring tales of life, love, and learning, presented by the Camarillo Healthcare District. If you would like to share your story, please visit camhealth.com and fill out our form under share your story. You'll work with a storytelling coach to perfect your story for broadcast and share it live at a community event. We are looking for people to share health or caregiver journeys, to talk about personal experiences, moments in time, and lessons learned while navigating life. These life stories will paint a visual picture with words. They should be five to ten minutes long and must be primarily about the storyteller and their truths, experiences, and emotions.